What I can tell you though, is since I've added morning routine into my days, it has dramatically, dramatically changed the way I show up. I feel that I show up in those days. I believe that your morning routine is about creating the energy you're looking for in that day. And so that's why it's worthwhile to think about what energy do I want to create in this day? And maybe you have a few different variations of your morning routine. For me, I don't want to jump straight into the dopamine trap or the cortisol trap of picking up a phone. Uh, and so the phone literally sits charging in the office. It's away from my bedroom and I don't even walk past it when I start my morning. That's probably, if you take one thing from this, from my whole routine, if you just did that, that's enough um, to really be life-changing in the way that you start your day. But it's very much it's gonna be your routine and what, what brings you the state that you're looking to be in for your day. G'day there, it's Pete Moriarty here. I am one of your amazing co-hosts of Entrepreneurs Rising and I have here with me my good friend and bromance brother from another mother, Carl Taylor, one of my favorite people in the world. How are you doing, my friend? I am so great. I'm so great. So thrilled to be here. How are you doing today? Awesome. I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Life is a beautiful experience of all of the gifts that we are receiving every single day. And I'm feeling present. I'm feeling good, feeling thankful for the people in my life. And I'm feeling thankful that I have the opportunity to serve. Now, this episode, we're going to be sharing a little bit about our more personal side of things, our, our morning routines. And this episode is going to be a little bit about, I guess, what we've learned in having a morning routine. You know, Carl, I know you're a big Tony fan, Tony Robbins, and he's really, really big on how you start your day. I've actually never been to a Tony Robbins event, although I've listened to a number of his books. And so for me, I think my morning routine developed more naturally through spiritual practice and through reading some books on high performance and just, you know, kind of having a disciplined practice of looking after myself rather than a doctrine of this is what you should do when you wake up in the morning. Not suggesting that's Tony, just suggesting that some people approach it that way. But I'm excited to be sharing. I'm excited to be here sharing, you know, what is a morning routine? Do you need one? How do you get started on one? And let's get into that conversation. So Carl, for starters, you know, I'm just interested in like, you know, what's your relationship like with sleep and with waking up? I know it's a really basic question, but before we even get to routine, how do you do sleep and how do you do waking up? What's, what's meaningful to you in that area? Yeah, this is really a good time to be asking this because there was a time that, you know, I would go to sleep for most of my life, to be honest, I would go to sleep probably around midnight, maybe 1, 2 a.m. Whereas in, say, the last six months, I've been going to bed at like 9 p.m. I don't have kids. I don't have anything like that. Like it's been really interesting to shift to that. And it hasn't necessarily shifted to me getting up earlier either. I used to go to bed at like midnight and then I'd get up at, say, 10 a.m. These days I'll go to bed at 9. I might not fall asleep right away, but I still wouldn't get out of bed until maybe 7, 8. I generally like don't like alarms to wake me up. That's not my style. I'd rather just wake up, sunlight coming in or naturally wake up. So yeah, I, I, I am a big believer though that sleep is important. I don't use it anymore, but I used to use an aura ring. An aura ring is a great way of tracking your sleep cycles. I don't know how accurate it is, but it's a little ring, a bit like a Fitbit bit for your finger. You put it on your finger and it's really good at tracking sleep. 
and it tells you your REM cycles, your deep sleep cycles, when you fell asleep, when you woke up, how restless, and even gives you like a sleep score. So for, there was a long period of time that I would every day wake up, check my sleep score. How did I do? How long did I get? And I would really notice when I had only like short four hour sleeps, the exhaustion I would have versus when I had the really refreshed, you know, eight, nine hour uh, days of sleeping. So that's me. What about you, Pete? Yeah, for me, pretty similar. I don't always go to bed by 9pm, but I really love waking up naturally. Uh, It's been an absolute life changing game changer for me. Probably the last three or four years, I've given up on the alarm clock unless I need to wake up and literally go somewhere, which is pretty rare. I just allow myself to wake up naturally. I would love to sleep in more, but the bloody birds wake me up and annoy me at my place, which is a nice way to wake up with nature. But I get up when they want me to get up rather than when I naturally have my body wake up. But, you know, that's totally fine. I think for me, having been an entrepreneur who worked 80-hour weeks for years and years and years, and, you know, I wasn't even burnt out. I was post-burnout. I got to burnout and I kept going. Uh, and, you know, that was like an unhealthy way of working. I did all the, all the standard things, put on weight, relationships crumbled, things didn't work. But hey, you know, I was building a business which ended up making money. So in my mind at the time, it was all worth it in the end. You know, I found that the adrenal fatigue of not getting enough sleep and how that just really radiated into all areas of my life was extremely dangerous. I read a book called Flip the Switch uh, by one of my clients, actually, Andrew May, who's a performance specialist. Unfortunately, the book's no longer in print, but there's some cool stuff and resources that you can find on Andrew's website, andrewmay.com. And with that, I started to learn about how peak performers actually rest more and focus time for recovery so that they can perform their best. It's really about your recovery time and about the things that you do when you're not switched on, the things that you do when you're not in work mode that really help you to be a better performer. And once I learned that, you know, that kind of changed everything, changed diet, changed my sleep patterns, changed the way I was approaching my work. And importantly, it changed what I did when I wasn't working. For many of us, especially in our social media and connected age right now, the moment you finish work, what are we doing? We're jumping on a screen, we're playing with Instagram, maybe we're still watching TV or Netflix or something like that. But if we continue to have that screen time for hours and hours and hours and hours every day, not only does it you know, hurt your eyes and hurts you, you know, biologically, and if you're not getting out and getting sunshine and fresh air, that's going to be a problem for you, but it literally changes the way that your brain works. We have neuroplasticity, which means that when you're repeating patterns of, I call it ADD brain or scatterbrain, where you're, you know, you've got this shorter and shorter and shorter attention span because you're spending less time on things that are deep work, you're spending less time on things that are present and you're spending more time you know, doing the shorter dopamine hits, then uh, you know, that's really going to be damaging long-term. But that's not what we're talking about here. I want to bring it back around to you know, why is morning routine important? I think you know, fundamentally, having a good relationship and just knowing the energy of your body, knowing the energy of yourself is critical, fundamental to your performance. A morning routine is just one part of the puzzle. If right now you're working 80-hour weeks, you know, getting up half an hour early to do a morning routine is not actually going to help you. That is not a healthy thing. And for those of you who say, I don't have time for a morning routine right now, excellent. You've spotted a problem. If you don't have time, that is a problem. You should be able to create time 
if better performance and a more balanced life is something that you actually desire. And I think it's important here. It's, it's not about you don't have time. You're not prioritizing. That's what it is. You're prioritizing something else over this morning routine. And, and I think if you are in that situation, if you're listening going, oh, I just don't have time. It's possible you're thinking a morning routine needs to be this whole like hour of power or, you know, a huge amount of time. Now it can take that long. I think mine does go for about an hour, but I've also had morning routines where it's literally been like a 10 minute thing. You know, you get up, you do the thing and you're ready to go. So you can start small. You can create any kind of morning routine. It doesn't have to take a huge amount of time. It's about choosing to prioritize what you do. I think that's an important thing. And I think I see like morning routine is a form of spiritual practice. We have studied Tantra and, you know, in journeys of spirituality, anything that you do with reverence in a routine and with mindfulness and with presence, that is a practice. And I think that's what this is to me. I have a morning routine. I also have a bit of an evening ritual as well. And when it is a ritual, when it's not just a routine, when it's a ritual, this is something you do for yourself. And as you say, Carla, it might just be a couple of minutes. It might be a couple of minutes that you sit with yourself and you center and you ground yourself each morning if that's all you need or that's all you desire for your morning routine. That may be which works for you. Before we jump into our actual routines, I'm curious, Carl, how does your week look? Do you have a particular routine for weekdays and then weekends? You know, do you have a particular flow that you work differently? I mean, I know that my work days are typically Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays. I mean, they're the days that I have my meetings. I wake up and I literally wear a different t-shirt. I wear a black shirt branded or not branded on those days because that's when I'm in work mode and I want to really embody that archetype of the king or the warrior or whoever I need to show up as on those days. And the other days, it's pretty chill and pretty lax. It doesn't mean I use an alarm clock Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays. But what it does mean is that when I get up, the book that I check in with or the podcast that I listen to is probably going to more likely to be business related or something more kind of like logical brain. Whereas on the other days, I'm less likely to read businessy books because I'm more interested in flowing and doing things you know, outside my discipline of my occupation. So I'm curious for you, Carl, you know, what does your kind of week look like as a flow for you? Yeah, I'm not as probably disciplined as say it sounds like you are. I definitely do change it up morning routine wise from a you know, a weekday, a work day. You have like a cheat day, like as like one of the days like off your routine where you just don't bother doing it? Oh, yes, oh, cool. Sunday. Okay. Sunday is like, I mean, I, I, cheat day meals is Saturdays, but yeah, from a no meditation, no like morning routines, that's pretty well Sundays consistently doesn't have anything on it. And then even sometimes Saturdays will maybe have a far more looser version or a lighter version. It really kind of, I often let Saturdays and Sundays really just kind of flow however they turn out and something already scheduled in, but generally there's no real set routine on those days. Mondays and Fridays, like you, I'm not typically assigning those to automation agency work work days. Like Mondays are more what I call my guiding light days where I'm focused on creating content or putting out social media stuff or something that's more aligned to my core purpose. And then Fridays, you know, it depends on what's going on. Sometimes it does turn into work days, but I try to keep them open for just space for other things mm -hmm. to emerge. And, um, but I will still typically keep a fairly standard routine, even on the Mondays and Fridays when I can. I'm not perfect. Like, let's be real about this. We're human beings. We're not crazy machines that like when, at least I'm going to speak for myself. I can't speak for Pete. When I share with you my morning routine, please do not hallucinate and think that this is something that every single day, rain, hail or shine, 
sickness, health, Carl's getting up and doing this. Like I'm not one of those fanatics when it comes to these kinds of things. I know there's plenty of people out there that are, that's just not my style. You know, like if I woke up on a day and I was really not feeling it, guess what? I'm not going to push through and do my routine. I'm not, I'm just not going to do it. That's just my style of how I do it. But I always default back to it. If I had a day off, it's going to be like, okay, now I'm getting back into it. It's time to get back into my routine. My routine brings structure and brings a certain type of energy into my day. And so if I want that energy in my day, then I know the morning routine is the way to get mm. to it. Love it. I'm, I'm kind of like, I've got something on my mind. And that is that I'm curious okay. if we have listeners that maybe have responsibilities like kids. And I know, and whether your business is your baby or you, know, you literally have babies, I think it's a good idea for us to address for those that are, you know, having excuses come up in their minds right now of I don't have time for a routine in my life or, you know, having a routine would be nice, but I just can't do it. You know, how do you respond to those stories that might be in the mind of the listener right now? Oh, I mean, that's hard. Like, obviously, don't have kids. I can't relate and say, here's how you should live your life. I don't know what's going on. I can hallucinate with some ideas, but I have no idea of the actual realities of it. Here's some thoughts I would say is, can you piggyback? What I would say is, can you piggyback? What do I mean by piggyback? I mean, let's say you already do get a little bit of time to yourself, right? Let's say you get a five minute shower, if you're lucky, maybe like you get some time in the bathroom just to you. Could you put on some music while you're under the water? Could you do a quick little mantra or something for you? You know, if you got, manage to get out and go for a walk, maybe you do, maybe you don't. Like if you've got young kids and you've got a stroller, maybe you can put your podcast on while you're walking. I don't know if they're really, you know, if they're talking age, I know that that's a lot harder. They're looking for your time and attention. That's what I would just say. Like, I'm not going to pretend to say, here's how you do it because I wouldn't be speaking from experience. What I can share though, is when I've had those moments where it's like, I really truly felt I didn't have time. If I looked at what I was already doing and going, how could I combine? How could I do this and this in the same time? And I'll even do that. Like if I'm running late, like I got up late and I had to be somewhere and I'm like, oh, my one hour morning routine, I'm not really going to be able to fit it in. I'm going to look at, cool. Can I combine like one of my steps while I'm having a shower? Or how can I combine some of these steps rather than do them separate as a way of kind of hacking and combining those? Um, I love that, man. That's such a good answer. I can't add anything to that but I will share something different in that I'm a master of buying time. And that's something that I've optimized and optimized and optimized and enjoyed just for the practice of trying to optimize as much as possible to the point now where I have an assistant slash cleaner who helps me at home. And I know I'm extremely privileged to have this, but it costs, I don't know, 20 or $30 an hour or whatever it is. But this person will take care of the laundry, the cleaning, and literally put the clothes away into my cupboard. And you know, that level of me being able to show up more for those around me to be happier with not having to take care of things that I don't want to take care of and I get zero enjoyment from, you know, that creates not just time for me, but creates happiness for me. It means that when I go to work every day, I'm more productive because I'm happier. And it means that I've got more options in, you know, flexibility just because of those domestic duties kind of being taken care of for me. So, uh, you know, I'd encourage anyone who is maybe thinking, oh, I, I can't afford a cleaner or a helper or this person or that person, you know, really inspect that, really inspect, you know, how could you make that money back multiple times over through showing up in different ways in other areas of your life? Or how could you make back the energy and the love multiple times over through more time with your family? But without further ado, Carl, let's actually talk about our routines because I think people will be curious. I think the listener will be curious in what our actual routines are. And 
keep in mind, we're not sharing this with you to the listener, you know, to give you some kind of dogma or doctrine on, on how you should do things. We're just sharing it because we're interested in sharing transparently what we do, what happens to be working for us. You know, Carl, maybe you can share a bit about the journey and, you know, how you've got to here and what you've done in the past and what you haven't done. But I think people would be interested to know, maybe they'll even be a little bit inspired by what we share. So tell us about your morning routine, Mr. Carl Taylor. Thank you, Peter Moriarty. I appreciate that. Look, I want to start by saying that, so of my 19, 20 years, I can't remember exactly how many years, it's about 20 years. I know that much. 20 years of business. I had a morning routine for two of them. Wow. Let me make that really clear. Let me make that really clear to you guys. This is not something that I'm telling you that I believe you cannot, without this, your business will not succeed. That is a load of BS. What I can tell you though, is since I've added morning routine into my days, it has dramatically, dramatically changed the way I show up. I feel that I show up in those days. Like I said earlier, I believe that your morning routine is about creating the energy you're looking for in that day. And so that's why it's worthwhile to think about what energy do I want to create in this day? And maybe you have a few different variations of your morning routine. You know, I think it's important to note that if, if you're a male or maybe not even male, female, like if you identify more to the masculine, right? And you're listening to this and you really want to build more masculine energy, then that's something you might want to keep in mind for that day, what you're going to do. So for me, when I really want a lot more like masculine energy in my body, I'm going to make sure that those days wasn't just like move my body. Cause one of the things I do is exercise. It's like push heavy stuff. I'm really trying to build that like focus, get myself out of breath, like that energy in my body on those days versus on a day that I want to be a bit more flowy and stuff. I might go, you know what? I'm just going to do a little bit of like more aerobics. Uh, I might even put on a video dance thing and I'll dance around, which is getting a bit more into my say feminine energy. And so it's just being important. So whether you identify a masculine or feminine in any day, we all have both those energies. If you've never heard this concept, masculine and feminine energies, Google it. We might do an episode about it, but we all have this at certain balance in our lives and they serve different ways. And so if you think about the day you want, that's what, I focus on when I'm doing my morning routines and my morning routine is far more designed for building my masculine energy, my feminine energy, kind of like that's more my days off. And I'm able to do that without much structure because the structure of a daily routine is also very masculine energy in itself. So I just wanted to preface that to just go, this is not something that I've been doing my entire life. This is how I got to where I am. No, this is something that's more recent in my life, but it has made a huge impact. I've tried different things over the years. I've tried just keeping it super simple where it's just a meditation. So for a long time, it was, it was get out of bed, do a five minute workout, hardcore, but five minute workout wasn't something that I did heaps of. And then I would do a meditation and that, that's what it was for probably nine, 10 months. And then I've since added some more to it. It now goes for about an hour, but before that it was literally around a 10, 15 minute kind of thing. And I did that on purpose because I wanted to be able to just no excuses, get out of bed, hit the ground, doing my push-ups, doing my sit-ups, doing all the workout stuff I would do. Then as soon as while I'm exhausted, sit on the bed, doing my breathwork meditation. That's what I used to do. What I do now, let me kind of walk you through uh, a typical a typical day. As again, this is not set in stone every day, is not a carbon copy, but this is my typical day. I will start with oil pulling. Now, this is something that's very new to me. It was introduced by my partner, Liz. I'd never really come across it. It comes from the idea of Ayurveda. If you're familiar with Ayurveda, it's an ancient Indian kind of healthcare principles. And so oil pulling is basically, I get some coconut oil in a teaspoon and I put it in my mouth 
I don't drink it. I don't swallow it. I literally just let the coconut oil, if you've ever had used coconut oil, it's quite thick. Uh, it eventually melts from the heat of your mouth and you just kind of swish it around the teeth. And I've got to say that's made a huge improvement on um, plaque and tartar and different things that were on my teeth. My teeth are getting whiter. Uh, and so this is something that's fairly recent been added, but it's made a huge difference. So I will do this oil pulling for 20 minutes, uh, just swishing it around in my mouth. And then at the end, you spit it out into a bin. You don't spit it down the drain because it's oil. And I, um, I saw oil pulling and I thought, what are you pulling with oil as the first thing on your routine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's, uh, I'm not quite sure why it's called oil pulling, to be honest. I guess it's supposed to be pulling toxins out of your mouth or something. I don't know, but it's called oil pulling. That's what I know it is. The cool thing about this, if you wanted to try it, you wanted to try it out, it's 20 minutes. You can do a lot in 20 minutes. So you could, this is something you could easily piggyback. Let's say you're busy making lunches in the mornings or you do whatever. You could be swishing around the oil in your mouth while you're doing that. So it's lots of things. I don't recommend working out. Uh, you know, if you need to be quite huffing and puffing, you don't really want to have your oil in your mouth while you're doing that. But uh, it's something it's very easy to do. So that's, that's why it's the first thing on my list because while you're doing that, I can move on and start doing other things potentially. Uh, the next thing that I'll do is stretching. And this particular stretching is something I've only been doing now two, three weeks from recording of this because it's a specific method that I recently was introduced to called the Egoscu method. It's an American company. And it's all about getting your, it's about getting you back in alignment and using your, pelvis and your hips and so one of the first things that I, i'll stand with kind of like my feet without a fist width apart and the first thing is like close your eyes and just feel feel the balance feeling how off balance or on balance am i so if you want to do this right now while if you're not moving you're not in a car stand st stand with your, your feet kind of about a, a fist width apart maybe your toes a little bit curled in pointed in and you just just close your eyes and just notice yourself like where's your balance are you far more on your left are you far more on your right so that's the first thing it's is check in how do i feel my balance is once i've got clear on where i feel my balance is i will then do some of these extra stretches and so one of the simple stretches you can do is you know you take your arms out to your side like as if you were you know being like a, a t-shape putting your arms out into like a t-shape your, your palms facing down and then just like twirl them, right? Like what, how would you describe the twirling? Like, like a bit like breaststroke. You're just kind of moving your arms and doing that. And you do that for about 40 and then you flip your arms up the other way with your palms facing up and then you go backwards for 40. And it's really about feeling it into those shoulder blades. And so I'll do that for about 40. There's a few other movements. I won't take you through all of them because it'll take way too long on this episode, but there's a whole bunch of these different things you do. And then straight after, after all those different exercises have been done is do that same check-in. How do I feel? Am I more balanced? And it's all about trying to realign the body back, the hips, getting everything back into a more alignment. And that's what that stretching is about. After I've done the stretching, then typically move into a workout. Now, as I said, this workout is going to be different depending on what kind of energy I'm looking to create in the day. It could be go on YouTube, find, we've got a projector, I'll put it up on the wall, find a video of like some dancing or something, like an aerobics type class, if you like. And you could do that. If you're looking for to really, as I said, really build that masculine energy, like you really want a lot of focus and determination and push through some hard stuff, push some heavy things if you can. I personally don't go to the gym, even pre-COVID days. Like I'm a body weights workout, push, you know, push-ups, 
sit-ups doing everything without needing external weights. And so that's what I will do. I will just do whatever I can to push myself hard. And that's what builds that energy for me. But I don't do that every day. I will now shift it up and do like more dancing on things like that on other days, just move your body aerobically. Once the workout's been done, I will then do some sort of like affirmations. Uh, this is again, is something is a bit more, I've done off and on over the years. Let me add that. I have done affirmations off and on over the years. If you've read my first book, Red Means Go, I talk about affirmations. What I do these days is it's far more about what are the values that I choose to live by and how I know I meet those values. And this is something I, I got out of uh, Tony Robbins' Date with Destiny last year. One of the things that came out of that is I will go, I, Carl Taylor, move towards the feelings of being healthy and alive. And that's, one of, that's now my highest value that I'm choosing to move towards. And that's effectively trying to program myself to say, even if it's not within my body yet, I'm telling myself that what I choose to value most is being healthy and alive. Mm. And I know that I meet that anytime that I take a deep breath, anytime I move my body energetically, anytime that I fuel my body with nutritious foods, anytime that I go for a walk, anytime I drink some water. So I'm saying my value is to be healthy and alive. And then I'm giving myself easy, accessible rules of how I know I've hit that. I'm not saying I'll know I'm healthy and alive when I'm weighing this weight and something that might not be achievable. It's when I go for a walk, when I take a deep breath, that's how I know I'm healthy and alive. And so I'll go through, I've got about eight key values and I'll go through that and I'll affirm that to myself. If you know Tony Robbins, I'll make my move really get into a state of certainty. So that's kind of something I'll do as well. And then finally from there, we'll move into meditation. Now I've done various meditations over the years. I'm a big fan of breathwork meditation. Uh, if you have bought my book, Becoming Bulletproof, uh, you can get that at becomingbulletproofbook.com, I think it is. If you get the book in there, there is a link to a free gift page where we actually have a breathwork meditation that you can download and do uh, if you want to check one out. So a breathwork meditation, is I'm a huge fan of that. I'm also a big fan of Tony Robbins priming. If you go to YouTube and you just search Tony Robbins priming exercise, it's about a 10 or 11 minute video. Uh, my partner and I basically at the moment been doing that almost every morning for the last few weeks. I'm still figuring out when I'll do that versus when I'll do the breath works. But at the moment, like I'm a huge fan of the priming exercise. It's a simple, it's got a bit of breath work involved. And then it's also got a nice visualization of kind of healing your body. And then it's a really great way of getting into gratitude, excitement, and just really connecting to memories of your past, uh, hallucinations of the future, getting you aligned with some goals and results that you want to achieve. And it's again, 10, 15 minute thing to do. It's really, really fun and easy to do. So find that on YouTube. We'll make sure it's in the show notes. And then finally, once a week, I don't do this daily, once a week, typically on a Monday, I do a more planning exercise. So usually on my Monday routine, that is when I will then, after all those things, sit down and I will go through my journaling process. And I, I think I've done a social media post about this before, which has all the details, but effectively I ask myself questions. The first question is, what am I most grateful for? And then I just list down all the questions, all the answers to that. What am I feeling grateful for in that moment? Then the next question I ask myself, what are my long-term goals? I'm realigned to what are my long-term goals? What do I truly want to achieve? What am I moving towards? And I don't read this off a list. I write it every single time. I don't type this into a computer. I handwrite it. And that means every time I do it, it's usually a little bit different. Usually a little bit different. I then ask what are the top three to five projects I'm working on right now? And I list them down. One, two, three, four, five. And then I'll go, what do the next 80% of these projects look like? So what does the next 80% means? What's kind of like the next milestone is, is really another way of saying that. And I'll list what each milestone would be for these three to five projects. And then what's the single next action I can take? 
And again, one, two, three, four, five, and I will write what's the next action I can take for each of those projects. And then I'll go, what are the other things I'd like to do this week? Question mark. And then I just bullet point down all the rest of my to-dos that I'd like to do. And then I just circle three. Those three are my must-dos. It's like, if nothing else gets done this week, as long as these three get done. And for me this week, one of my must-dos was to podcast with Pete. So it's going to be a good week because I think I've done two of my three already because of this. So it's that's my whole process. And that's really where I'll stop in my standard daily awesome. process. So, so I'd like to know, and this is just kind of like a question to kind of wrap that up nicely. How do you show up when you do your routine? You know, how do you show up during the day when you do your routine? The meditation in particular, like if I was going to cull it down and go, you know what, I've only got time to do one thing, hmm. one thing in the day, I would say I would want to do the meditation because the meditation really creates a presence and gratitude state that I feel really impacts the way I show up in the day that no matter what gets thrown at me, the days that I didn't meditate, I definitely feel like I react differently and not in my best self that I could. Mm. So if I was to say to someone, Hey, if you were going to copy only one thing from this, it would be the meditation. If I was going to say you do two things, it would be the workout and meditation. And then I think I would build it from there. And so yeah, the planning once a week, I only do it once a week because I don't feel like I want to every day be like, these are my things I have to do today. Like, I just want to go, this is what's a successful week going to look like. I feel amazing after that. I feel inspired, ready to get into action. So that's a really good thing to do. If I've been like really lethargic for a few days going like, I haven't felt motivated. I need to do my journaling. That's what I need to do. That's what will get me out of that rut. But every other day, the meditation just, I think is the core thing that will get me into a great state. Yeah. I think for me, you know, just in so many areas of my life, meditation just brings me back to presence. And, you know, I've gone for long periods of time without meditating. And then I've gone and done a, a Tantra weekend workshop where there's been a lot of meditation and presence in there. And it's felt like a reboot that's then lasted for a couple of months. I've never really had a solid meditation practice or routine. It's something that I have the intention to foster and build. Because in my deepest meditations where I've connected to source and connected to higher beings, for me, the calling for me has been, well, if you'd like to live this kind of connected life, you need to do this as a practice. So that's really something that I'm looking to cultivate at the moment. But I'm glad you shared that that was the most important thing for you. I definitely think the quality of my life is proportionate to the level of presence and hmm quietness of the mind and connection to heart and connection to body and meditation just brings all of those things in very very quickly i think it's really important like firstly if you're listening i've never experienced what pete's sharing there of like feeling really connected to source that's not something i've experienced in meditation so don't don't feel like you're doing meditation wrong if that's not something you've ever experienced there really is no way to get meditation wrong if you're sitting in silence and you're just doing whatever you can your best to get back into the present moment, you're doing it right. Like whatever that is, focusing on your breath, noticing thoughts. Like that's one thing I really want to say. I know a lot of people think meditation's hard because they, they feel like they're not doing it right. And it's important to know that there is really no wrong way to do it. The other thing I wanted to touch on there is it's important to kind of, you know what? I'm actually forgotten what that key point was. <laughs> Don't you hate it when that happens? That's certainly but fine. Like, you can come back to it if you like. Yeah, look, I just, I just think it's important to know that if you're thinking about meditation, you don't need to worry about getting it right. And um, it is the most 
simple thing, and I think it's important. Here's what I was going to say. I think as men in particular, if you're a man, listen to this, it's definitely relevant to you as a woman too. But if you're a man or identify with the masculine, I think as someone who's been very much, I think for a lot of my life lived in my head. And I think a lot of business owners, we're very strategic. We're very good at thinking. We're very good at problem solving, but we do that because we live in the future or, you know, we're thinking about what's to come. Mm. I think it's super, super important to be able to connect back to the present moment, mm. not just for your own business, but for your, your personal life, uh, your relationships, everything. I think that's a really important thing. That's what I wanted to say. So that's what I kind of escaped me, but it's come back. So Pete, what about you? Share your morning routine. Well, before my routine, there's, there's something that's really important. And that is, uh, I think, a ritual around how I sleep and how I, you know, how I operate. And it has to do with the relationship that I have with technology. You know, we already talked about not waking up with an alarm clock. For me, my bedroom and that space is no tech space. No phones on charges, no electrical things, no Wi-Fi points, no Google Home, nothing. And that's really important to me because I think having good quality sleep is really sacred for me. And also as I, oh, you know, awake and emerge, for me, I don't want to jump straight into the dopamine trap or the cortisol trap of picking up a phone. Uh, and so the phone literally sits charging in the office. It's a way from my bedroom and I don't even walk past it when I start my morning. That's probably, if you take one thing from this, from my whole routine, if you just did that, that's enough um, to really be life-changing in the way that you start your day. Because for many of us, they you know, use their phone for an alarm clock, will immediately roll mm. over, grab the phone and start scrolling through things. And what is it? It's dopamine response, it's addiction response, it's cortisol response, all the social networks sucking us in there. And, you know, if you're waking up each morning and touching your phone instead of touching your partner or touching yourself, then I think you've got your priorities wrong. So that's my number one. That's mm. the big one. You lost me at the Google Home. I made all that criteria except there's a Google Home in my bedroom and I, I don't know if I could let that go. Interesting. <laughs> that's okay. So the other one that's interesting for me is I, I fast. And so I'll often fast for up to 20 hours a day. And so I'm in a, a cycle of eating where often I'm in a fasted state when I wake up. And so my body really needs to be fueled by water. So the first thing I'll do is I'll usually wake up and I'll drink about a liter of water. I'm going to have some Himalayan salt in the water for electrolytes as well. Uh, but that's usually the first thing I do. And that really starts to kind of uh, kickstart the flushing process of my body. And I'll, you know, then eventually have a release, but not, not straight away. What I usually do straight away is I'll kind of like set the space for my morning, which is usually smell is where I start. So what I learned in Andrew May's book around peak performance is that smells, colors, sounds, you know, all have a really, really meaningful impact on just the way that you recover and the way that you are in your space. You would know that listening to certain types of, uh, certain types of music will influence your mood, right? And so you can use tools like color, smell, sound to actually, uh, you know, regulate yourself. So for me, smells are one of the things that I want to do first. So I'll burn some incense in the morning, but you could use something like essential oils, plenty of options there um, to get smells going. It might be the smell of flowers that you like to get yourself started. And particular incense that I burn just brings me to a place of presence and reflection. 
And I've kind of created a story that each time I smell that incense, it brings in clearing energy for me. And that's really the energy that I want when I wake up in the morning because, you know, overnight, you know, there may have been thoughts in my mind. I may have had, you know, an opportunity to subconsciously process things. My routine is really about first clearing things out and then starting my day. So the first thing that I do is journal. And I'm super, super disciplined about that. If I'm not journaling and I go a couple of weeks or even sometimes a couple of days without journaling, I find that things bank up. And what happens is I end up getting stuck up in my mind rather than operating from a place of... So the absolute first thing I do is journal and I do not have any kind of specialized journaling technique. I just let loose in a Google Keep note. That's all I do. So I do open up my laptop for this, but it just opens straight up to Google Keep and I don't touch anything else, obviously. And I just unload. Now, journaling can be hard to start. You can literally start with bullet points if you want or what you think might be emotions. Or you might just start with a story about, you know, how someone pissed you off or did you wrong or whatever. But the point is, is just to let everything out as raw as possible. And that's what I do with my journaling. And it's a place where you can let loose on the stories that you have and you don't have to worry about correcting them or doing the work on them or turning them around or anything like that. If the insights come, great, share the insights as well. But what I really love is just sharing and kind of like unwinding myself in a really raw way. To finish that off, I summarize a gratitude component of the journal and that's usually a list of bullet points for me. What are some things that I'm grateful for? I used to do those first, but now I've kind of gotten the rhythm of getting everything out first and then finishing with the gratitude because I find that if there are things that are on my mind that I felt stress around or I felt tension around, switching to gratitude, I can actually review some of them from a different light, change the story to a story of gratitude, uh, being thankful for those things and then getting that out. Previously, when I was in more of a growth stage of my business, I was a lot more goal-oriented. And I used to use a method called the 10-goal method uh, by Brian Tracy. And basically, that method is to write down 10 statements in present tense one year in the future from now. So you're basically imagining that you've already achieved a goal. And what you're doing is you're subconsciously programming yourself to have that goal. And so when I was doing that, it was five odd years ago. I remember one of my goals was I wanted IT Genius to have $500,000 a year in revenue and I wanted to earn $80,000 in net income for myself. And so even though I wasn't earning that revenue or that income at that point, I wanted to achieve that within one year. And so I wrote down, I earn $80,000 a year. IT Genius generates $500,000 of revenue. These were present tense, but a year in the future. And each day you just write down another one of those 10 or another of those 10 statements. And they're effectively always rolling 12 months in front of you. They're always just rolling 12 months ahead. And what you're doing is you're subconsciously programming yourself to move towards those. Now, I'm less goal focused these days and I tend to be more intention focused. And so for me, I'll spend more time reflecting on, okay, well, you know, what are my intentions? Because for now, at the stage I'm at in the business, I really released myself a lot from particular goals, monetary goals, things like that. You know, even goals around impact and around time are less specific and less left brain and they're more or right brain, whatever the logical one is. And they're more about flow and intention. And so I might spend some time, you know, reflecting on what some of my intentions are rather than the more, you know, kind of stricter and logical goals. Um, for me, I will sometimes meditate. I've not yet built that as a great practice. I will sometimes work out. 
I did have that as a great practice. It takes 30 to 45 days to actually build a habit. And I built a really successful habit. And then I went traveling for two months in a camper van. And I spent two months undoing that habit by not doing it consistently for two months. And so I'm in the process of rebuilding a very simple workout habit of a couple of little moves just to keep my body moving. But even if I don't work out, most days I'm walking down the beach. And so for me, getting a walk down the beach is enough of a workout. It's not necessarily building muscle, but at least it's definitely moving the body. I'll obviously, after I've journaled and you know, perhaps meditated, I'll have an opportunity for my body to release as it needs to in the morning. And so that you know, tends to happen next. And one thing that's important for me is not going and grabbing my phone. As I'm evacuating, <laughs> uh, I'll actually use a Kindle or a paper-based book to read. And that's a really important practice for me because it, it doesn't allow me to go into the distraction mode of being tied to my mobile. At that point, I'll probably put on some music as well. I'll decide what kind of energy I'm feeling like for the day because music for me is very, very, very tuned in to me. And so if I was to play it before I journal, it would probably change my mood and I wouldn't be able to share you know, as raw or as naturally. But music's one of the last things when I start to get intentional about, okay, what kind of day do I want to have today? And so music is going to be, you know, where I choose to put my energy. And so that's what happens in the morning. Uh, Carl, you might have some questions about that. But I think, you know, one thing that I wanted to share, which is also important to me, is my evening ritual. And this is, for me, you know, nearly just as important as the morning ritual. It's still, to me, a spiritual practice. I call it a ritual. It's not just a habit. And for me, that's, again, no tech time. You know, I'll take a couple of things like supplements, like some prebiotics and, you know, maybe some MCT oil or sometimes some apple cider vinegar, you know, if I need help digesting. But the evening ritual for me is, again, no tech time, having quiet time, using quiet music, getting away from screens, having some time in some presence, maybe some meditation, but just most importantly, connecting back to my body and not just rolling into bed and dropping uh, because it's probably not going to give you a good quality of sleep but your body really needs that wind down time away from the screens, away from the lights. You know, you can dim the lights in your house if you can do that. Uh, that's going to bring you to a place where your body starts to get the signals where it's gently time to, uh, to go to bed. Wow. You know what I love most? I love that, you know, while there's similarities to our routines, there's some really big differences too. And I think that's, I hope that's been really helpful to you listening along. Like I hope, you hearing that helps you understand that this is very personal. This is you and what you want, you know, hopefully you got some inspiration from what Pete shared, what, from what I've shared, and you might swipe and deploy a few of the different things. Maybe you'll mix and match. Maybe you've already got a great routine and you're just like, Oh, there's ways I can tighten it up or things I can add to it. But it's very much, it's going to be your routine and what, what brings you the state that you're looking to be in for your day. There's a couple of things I loved about what you shared, Pete. Firstly, I love the goals versus intention, you know, the goal Brian Tracy approach to goals that you used to do to now the more intention-based approach. And I love that. The other thing too is, you know, I love how you keep the no tech time, not just in the morning, but also into the evenings. I'm curious to know, like, does a Kindle count as screen time to you in evenings? Like if you're reading on a Kindle, is that a screen time? They're a lot more gentle on your eyes. I think, you know, a Kindle is a good thing because it doesn't have like pop-up notifications distracting you. And so it's not contributing to that ADD brain. You know, I would say there is no hard and fast rule about it. How do you feel and how does your body respond? And, you know, how good is the quality of your sleep and how good is the quality of your waking up? 
And so I'd say to, you know, to test and measure yourself with that. Mm. It's one thing I'd say, like, if, if that's resonated with you, where you're like, oh, I really want to disconnect off your phone a bit more. Mm. If you're an iPhone user, as I am, you know, if you haven't already enabled it, go and turn on the screen time feature, which will tell you how often you're picking up your phone, what you're going and tracking, how long you spend in different apps, and also go and turn on your do not disturb mode. You know, set your do not disturb so that all those pop-ups, all those notifications, if someone calls you at night, all those things, like they won't come through. You can set up an emergency or favorites list. So anyone on your favorites list can call you even though you're in do not disturb. So, you know, family members or parents or whatever, you know, maybe you want to make sure they can get through. But definitely doing that and, and having it so none of that distractions come. But I would recommend that, um, yeah, you'll be probably quite surprised at how often you don't realize that you just by habit are opening a certain app or are picking up your phone. And when the screen time, you know, it's the old saying, you can't manage what you don't measure. Screen time will help you measure it and it's in your face and you'll be like, oh. So if, yeah, if, if disconnecting on screen time is something that you wanted to explore. Another thing too, you know, Pete and I are very techie. Um, one of the ways I do the dimming of, you know, better lights is I've got Philips Hue, Google Home controlled Philips Hue lights and I've got the multicolored ones. And so when we just by default turn on the bedroom lamp or the lamp in the living area, they go to the red color. I have no idea whether that's actually filtering out all the blue light that needs to be filtered out, but at least in mentally, it does seem to be better on our eyes. The so, placebo is um, worth it, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. If it's not real, the placebo is totally worth it. So there's cool little things you can do. I personally don't use like blue blocker glasses. My partner does. I'm open to getting them. So, you know, blue blocker, if you're listening and you'd like to sponsor us, I'm open to some pair. <laughs> but yeah, I just really love what you shared, Pete. I think it's, there's a lot of value in the way that you approach it as a spiritual practice, as a ritual. And that's really important to look at that practice component, right? Like this is not something you do once and you go, it's my new morning routine. It's going to evolve. It's going to change. Mine's evolved and changes. And I know Pete's has too. And you start with your intentions. And I don't yeah. know about you, Pete, like, do you think if you were going to give someone a suggestion, if they had no morning routine right now, like nada, zip, would you suggest they just pick one thing and just start doing that? Or would you go, they should go and craft it? Yeah. Just like sit quietly for a few minutes. <laughs> that would be a start. Or write down a couple of intentions or a couple of things that you're grateful for each morning. Mm. You know, that could be a start. Or write down what you're noticing in your body as you wake up each morning. That could also be a start as mm. well. A practice, I don't do it anymore, but a practice I used to use is the idea of automatic writing. I used to grab a notebook as soon as I woke up and I would just literally jump. I'd try and like do a little centering exercise, just a couple of seconds, try and get back into my body. And then I would write down as quickly as I could into the notepad, what do I need to know today? Question mark. And then just let my hand write whatever it came out. Uh, that's, you know, little practices wow. like that can be a great way to start. I, I agree with you. Just don't look at what we're doing and going, Oh, I'm going to go from a standing start to building this huge thing. Just set one small, simple intention and start with that. Get that into habit then start building what you want to do next. Maybe a bit of a workout or maybe a bit of a meditation. And as I said, I've got a breathwork meditation tracks that I use that can go for three minutes. Like you don't, don't think that meditation is a half an hour or an hour long thing. You can have a three minute breathwork meditation that can be just as energizing or as clearing or centering whatever you're after. Yeah, I absolutely, absolutely agree. And I think like on a final note, you know, don't worry about having to show the world or Facebook. I got up at 4am and I did yoga for three hours and I did this and I did that and blah, 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 blah. Nobody cares. You know, you do what's right for you, whether it's five minutes or 50 minutes, just do what's important to you. Uh, Carl, I think it's time to wrap this one up. We have all the show notes, all the information on the show. 
on our website, head to rising.show. Make sure you subscribe to all of our channels so you get notifications when we are posting new episodes. And if you haven't already, we would really love for you to leave us a review. You can do that on your favorite podcasting app. We would sincerely appreciate it. Please leave us a comment. Let us know uh, what you love about it. If there's anything you'd like to see improved, you can send that along as well. And of course, if you have questions, if you have comments, if there's anything you'd like to send to us or you've got an idea for a show we can do in the future, please send that along via our website or via our social channels. Carl, thanks so much for joining me on this. I really appreciate you sharing this, man. This has been a great episode and I've loved getting a look into your morning routine. I'm sure this is going to be super, super valuable to the listener. Ciao, guys. Bye.